are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats with Mike Luke, John Schuster, Bruno Luke, who has basically said that I'm tired of being ignored and I will come over and be pet. Yes, right now. That's exactly what's happening. We're oh, doing some good job, aren't we? And he's going uh, for Bruno, a for folks who are unaware, is is a very cute dog, but uh, likes to give you sort of love snaps mm-hmm. uh, toward the nose. And if you get the nose close enough, you're in danger. And so we play this little game where I try to scout Bruno when Bruno's going to. There it is. There he is. There it is Just right there. It. He comes in, and he doesn't know that this is a bad thing, uh, but he. There oh, it is. that was a good one. <laughs> that one would have been painful. You might have actually heard the sound effects uh, yes. of that. <laughs> so, so part of the podcast is me petting the dog and avoiding getting my nose chopped off all at the same time. Um, you want to go over there, Bruns? You don't do. No, I think he'd. You just want to. You just want to snap at my nose. I get it. All right. Anyway. All right. What's going on? So, welcome, locked on right. folks. Now, here's what I. Here's what I'm going to say to the Arizona Wildcat fan base. I'm going to give you a public service announcement from Mike Luke. No matter what happens in this first game. I think you should show up to the next few games. Again, I mean, I'm working for an Arizona Wildcat podcast, so it probably doesn't help the product to say don't show up. But at the end of the day, this is a very, very bad team that uh, uh, Jed Fish inherited. Nate Rady, our guy who's been on before, is a much smarter person than me. I disagree with Nate, though, on this. Nate thinks that Arizona could have won a lot more games last year than they, you know, a lot of fluky stuff, COVID. I, generally, when I looked at Arizona after the first game, I thought that was a terrible, terrible team. Um, didn't really, but, you know, Nate, Nate obviously, and he's laid out his reasons, and there are sound reasons, too. That said, this to me is an absolutely terrible team, and I don't expect Arizona to win. Now, if you're buying into Jed Fish right now, there's no reason that you shouldn't be buying into Jed Fish if they lose by 15 points. Right. Especially when uh, it's all new, you're trying to figure out what, and, and and if you just want to get out and have a little bit of fun in Tucson and so, show some support for a program that you hope has an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, this is a big recruiting deal too. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I get it from the fan perspective. You and I have talked about this. We're not traditional in this regard where we buy into the PR nonsense about how you should be always loyal to the fan base. This is what this is what bad teams try to convince you of. <laughs> Correct. And yes. and so, you know, if you're a fan, a real fan would show up all the time. Hey, it's your money. Mm. And if the product that you're watching sucks, you don't need to spend that money. Right. I get it. Totally get it. That said, we're hoping, and I'm sure you know, Arizona football is hoping too that uh, they are that your support can help them, in essence, as a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. And in in the early stages, you know, there's always that possibility. It's kind of like your investment; you don't know if the investment's going to pay off. Right. But you can say, you know what? That jet, ten years later, the Jed Fish era, mm-hmm. Arizona is a really good program, exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. You said you're you're one of those folks who can say. You know, I was there in season one. Right. I watched this thing develop, and that's kind of that's kind of a cool thing to say. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also possible that he never wins more than five games a year, and that was, you know, your investment didn't pay off. It happened. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
you know, there's a lot to be said about getting out of the house, giving them some support. It's good for recruiting if more people are there. It might be a fun environment. It's different. They're doing a lot of things before the game. They're doing some things during the game that changes the environment and the atmosphere a little mm-hmm. bit. And that might be fun. Right. So it might be worth checking out. Even if you know going into this year there are going to be struggles. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of struggles are, are, are pretty strong. But if you feel inclined, you like football, give, you know, give it a go. Mm-hmm. And and if they improve along the way, there might be reason to believe that in the years ahead, say, yeah, I can get behind this. This is fun. Yeah, and that would just be my, like I said, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I don't know that anybody's listening to Locked On Wildcats, but, uh, to, you know, get my... Well, they know, are. Well, I'm, well I, if you're listening, you're definitely <laughs> listening to this right now. But I still think my point is, though, is that... Uh, if you, again, if you're buying Jed Fish right now, I don't know that there's any reason not to buy him, especially too, because are we really going to be able to tell if Jed Fish is a good coach by this first game? No, we, no, actually, that's a bad question. If Arizona gets rolled, there's a good possibility we have no clue if Jed Fish is a good coach mm-hmm. or not. You know, if Arizona, you know, if Arizona wins or keeps it close and, you know, you look at some coaching decisions right there, you may be, this is kind of a can't-lose situation for Jed Fish in the grand scheme of being whether he can coach or not. Here's the thing that I'm hoping for from a fan standpoint, and you're right, it is a no-lose situation. It's a no-lose situation to some degree, but when they lose games, there will be folks who say that, I think, I think Brown, the defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. is the guy in, in a weird way, the guy in a position of power here. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a chance that Arizona's defense is going to be a lot more interesting than Arizona's offense. And so if Arizona sneaks out some games because they force four or five turnovers, Fish isn't necessarily going to get the credit, but the defensive mm-hmm. coordinator is. If they lose games because their offense is inept, mm-hmm. it isn't going to be the offensive coordinator who gets heat for it. It's going to be Fish right. for putting an inept product on the field. Now, in both, fish is going to be the one that's going to get smoked. Yeah. In both scenarios, which I know is how you like your fish. Yes. Uh, in both scenarios, uh, that's that's kind of like noise to put to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I'm, what I'm hopeful for beyond that is that from a fan standpoint and a numbers and an attendance standpoint, that when attendance is bad and there are a lot of empty seats, that fish can put frustration aside and understand that this is a long-term process and that people will eventually attend games if he does his job, but they may not attend games first. Mm-hmm. It may be the type of thing where they have to win first gotta, before, yeah, people, show, show before people get there. Mm-hmm. What he's hoping for is what we've talked about, the support component. It's a new thing. We don't know what's going on. We want to support from the get-go. But the Arizona fan base has been burned so often that I think I'd be surprised if that happens. So it's up, it's, it's up to Fish to deal with the frustration of months upon months upon months upon months of doing the right thing from a public relations standpoint and still having the fans not show up or students leave at the half. Mm-hmm. And if he can weather that aspect of it, then I'm hopeful that he recognizes that, yeah, this is a work in progress from that standpoint as well. You know what? You know what's not a work in progress, and that's Built Bar. By this time, you know that Built Bar is what you want to do. But you know what? Sometimes people say it's just become such a throwaway line. Obviously, Built Bar is good. But you know what Built Bar is also doing? Built Bar is also cutting edge. Because if you have a Built Bar, there's different flavors. There's different developments all the time. It's not your run-of-the-mill 
chocolate sh- chocolate shake or chocolate uh, <laughs> chocolate. It's pro- not that either. Chocolate protein bar, <laughs> run of the mill, or in any way, shake or form. It is Bilt not bad. Bar is a it's just next level. That's you know, there's always somebody that's just a little bit ahead of that mm-hmm. next trend. You know yeah. who's always a little bit ahead of the next trend? Who? The Kardashians. Uh-huh. Seriously. Yeah. They have a sex tape out before it's cool to have a sex tape. Right. They get into social media and like, you know. Thankfully, to the best of my knowledge, you and I have not embarked on that trend. Correct. Now, do you give the U of A education, though, or the Built Bar as being more likely for the Kardashians' sustained success? Mm, That's... That's certainly an interesting question that I'd rather not delve into, but I really do like Built Bar. And if you want, you can spend two fifty at GNC and get yours. <laughs> Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, from a BYU perspective, then, watching this a little bit, you know what's fascinating to me? They got a quarterback in Zach Wilson who was a top five pick last year. Generally, you don't, you know, you lose a top five pick, that's a big deal. But I think with BYU... Like do you remember the like the last couple last couple years when Arizona's played BYU? I'm not really breaking any news, but it just looked like a more physically gifted team in the trenches. Yeah, I think there's uh, a a lot of truth to that, and it, it it also landed in a period where Arizona was trying to figure itself out and wasn't at the top of its game and was getting recruits. Oddly enough, and I know a lot of the recruiting experts out there have talked about this, where Arizona's Recruits were going up against the likes of San, uh, San Jose State and directional skills uh, schools. Well, BYU was recruiting against higher level competition. As odd as that sounds, because they're an independent that has a history of belonging in a conference that isn't Power Five. Uh, so you would think that the logic would indicate that Arizona, as a Power Five school, would have uh, better opportunities to put better athletes on the floor. And in recent matchups, that hasn't happened. And I think in this week's game, that's obviously going to be a huge concern. And one of the things that I'm not, however, I'm not as convinced that BYU is as good as you are. No, I think convinced. it's far, I think it's and just far more of an indictment on Arizona. I think yeah, I watched Arizona last year. So yeah, did you. We that's watched true. a yeah, lot of games. Yeah, together. and BYU was certainly better last year, but Correct. they also had a transformational quarterback last year. Uh, uh, I see. How are you, Bruno? Um, Bruno agrees with BYU's transformational quarterback. He was a huge fan. Let's go Jets. I know. J-E-T-S. I got it. Okay. Um, But BYU has a lot of question marks this year and a tougher schedule. Mm -hmm. They play five Pac-12 teams. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Arizona's the first and probably the, uh, you know, the the one that you feel the most confident that BYU can beat. But they've got new quarterback, new left tackle, um, uncertainty in a lot of positions on, I I know what they're going to try to do, and it's what I'd try to do. Okay, let's see how effective you you are on the run against a team for which you're uncertain. And if you can be effective on first down and pick up six yards on the ground or whatever the case is, you've got an opportunity to control the line and um, you know, be in control of the game. Mm-hmm. But you know, whether, they're, whether they can effectively do that, this game, one of the weird things, for both teams, 
you're going to come more for BYU than for Arizona in this regard. you got no tape on Arizona at all. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're watching Michigan defense footage trying to get a general <laughs> idea what their coordinator is going to do. Do you think that Michigan's out there looking and say that team's got a little bit more talent <laughs> yeah, than Arizona's? Right. And, and, and you're trying to figure out schemes in that regard right? Uh, to, to, to try to get some tendencies. But generally speaking, I think BYU is going to come into this game just trying to do what we do. This is a do what we do game for BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we'll find out whether they're successful or not. But when you have a new quarterback and complete mystery on the other side, who knows what's going to happen? You think that Arizona's going to cover that, don't you? Oh, man. You do. I, no, 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 no. You do. You I, do. You're I, not walking it back. You do. I know I you. I didn't say. You don't know. You yeah, don't I know do. me. Yeah, you do know me, but yes, I don't. I, Bruno I, also knows you and he knows you. I think it's. I think it's. You think, think they're going to cover? Uh, what would the John Schuster line be then? Nine? Oh, jeez. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. It, it's a mystery line, and Arizona was terrible last year. And BYU is, like, I, I, I think the point you're getting to is that BYU is a solid football program. They won seven games the year before. I think well, they won seven games the year before that. They piecemealed their schedule. And, and last year, of course, they were, what, 11-1 and one right. against non-Power 5 competition. But if you looked at them, they were clearly good mm-hmm. at what they, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. It wasn't just Wilson. They had a lot of other pieces as well. Uh, but... They're trying to figure it out too. It would not surprise me if BYU ends this year closer to 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there? Does Arizona have a chance? Sure. Is Arizona going to cover? It's 12 and a half right now, man. That's a that's a lot of points. But I, I, I feel just, like just BYU go, is go, probably going to win by 17. So I think they're. I keep going back to like. 37 to 14 or 31 to 14, something I like have that. A, and, and, oh, and you know, weird. here's what you think. You yeah. think it's going to okay, be like Okay, tell me 20, what I think. You think it's going <laughs> to... <laughs> you think it's going to be like 27-20. Because I need some help right now. No, I on know. What I, I, think. I can see that you're so, struggling. Yeah, I really am. So, so, so let me finish so, for you. Okay, so, so I think... Now that I know, I think BYU is going to win 27-20, and it's going to be surprisingly and what close. what you think? That? Well, I think the – well, two reasons. One, I was told to think that by Mike Luke, did who runs the Lockdown Wild. Channel. I did. Yeah, I did. And I'm thinking, man, that could be a good line. Mm-hmm. Twelve and a half is a lot of mm-hmm. points with so much mystery going on. And then my guess is that as the game progresses – that BYU's physicality has an opportunity to ultimately wear Arizona down. Mm-hmm. Um, the key, and this is, we, we can talk about this in later podcasts, and, and it's one of those frustrating things, too. I, I apologize in advance. You and I have done so many pregame shows mm-hmm. and keys to the game shows mm-hmm. that anything we say just sounds pedestrian. Correct. It just sounds, you know, th- there are only going into a football or a basketball game so many things that are keys to the game, and right. we've talked about them, and they are apologetically obvious. The apologetically... There's no big story. There's no big story in the pregame. You've, right. you've And as listeners, you've heard all of this. You know that there are six things that are key in a football game, mm-hmm. and we're going to turn pick, the ball over, and that's on that, and that exactly. And and, and is so, that the most important? You know, hold on, is that the most important factor in a in a football game? Do you think? Yeah, I I I think it is absolutely in a in a foot in a collegiate level football game. I think it's bigger than a pro level mm-hmm. football game. And Arizona, I think it's absolutely imperative for them to turn the ball over to stay in games this year. You think they so you have think to they have. throw as many interceptions as possible to stay in the game? <laughs> Wait, they have to force as many interceptions, not throw them. 
Correct. Okay, yes. I was just making uh, sure that you weren't thinking about well, back no, backdoor way no, 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 figure out where, where you were going there. I, I, but you're thinking for me now, so I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what you're thinking. But generally, for Arizona this, this year, and it's something that I think maybe we can talk a little bit more in depth later on. Huh? I think one, turnover margin, if you're picking one obvious thing that is going to give Arizona an opportunity – it is the ability to be plus in the turnover margin, especially the way that they're going to play defense this year or the way that we think they're going to play defense this year. If they're successful in forcing turnovers, I think it gives them a chance sometimes. Uh, if they aren't, I think those, are going to, those games are going to be real problems, even if the turnover margin is even. Right. I would, uh, I would, I would second that. And you know what? So would rockauto.com. For John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Oh, can I say something before you go? Of course. I was talking to somebody uh, tonight about rockauto.com. I'm no not way. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not making this up. A mm-hmm. uh, gentleman uh, who I was chatting with is uh, working on door re- um, window regulators for a 2002 Buick. Okay. Had to go to the right one to try to get it fixed. Is is on the left one right now because it's got some rust and some electrical issues as a result. Guess where he went. This is a no-brainer. No, no way. Rockauto.com. <laughs> because house. that is a real story mm-hmm. of a real person at a cider house. That's right. Mm-hmm. 2002 Buick. Who had the part? Easiest to get? Rockauto.com. You need a part for your car. You're a DIY person. There's no better option than rockauto.com.